0: Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for March 10th of 2019. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com. I'm Cameron Walsh for HockeyHurts.com. This is the second attempt. We, uh, yeah, technical internets across the global, uh, web sometimes don't work so great, but we are here. We did, we are going to make it work. And this week we are going to discuss the general manager meetings they came up with some ideas of some rule changes and modifications uh that they have thought up some of them you know are fine uh but it really misses the mark on the overall product um which isn't to be unexpected and then we will discuss no but to
1: be honest though that uh, that overall product isn't terrible though either So it's not like they're having to try and bring something up that's the disgrace at the moment. So you kind of can't blame them for that, can you?
0: Yes and no. I mean, just because the product's good, like, doesn't mean you shouldn't be looking to make it great. I just don't
1: trust this collection of people to not fuck it, I suppose would be the way I look at it.
0: Yeah, and it's really weird that... GMs would be tasked with this because...
1: It's all self-interest.
0: Yeah. Um, some of the stuff is... They're not going to be too progressive with what they're trying to change because the league has vast amount of parity, which gives them job security. So, kind of thing... Well, the
1: thing on top of that is why would you make a change that's going to be negative towards your team? If you go back and... and the, you look what happened when we came out of the lockout and they changed to a everything gets called league for twelve months. All the teams that were slow and were built on being big and and disruptive were screwed. So why on earth would you go and try and make a massive change like that? Well, why would you encourage it and change like that when you know that's gonna absolutely destroy my chances of being any good? I just it needs to be a different group of people.
0: Yeah, it shouldn't be general managers, but in classic NHL uh... The way they go about things, so they <laughs> they are the ones tasked with this. So, um, let's see here. Some Good some figure. of their ideas are, you know, I don't think they're going to change things much. But clocks in the corner boards, okay, <laughs> sure. Put it put clocks in the corner. Yeah, okay.
1: What does that do? <laughs> At the end of every period, that matters.
0: Sure. Although it would be nice, I mean, I'm I'm not against clocks in the corner boards. I mean, the technology exists. It's not it's not like it would be a tough thing to to put in. I think where it would be most valuable is if you put the power play clock up there.
1: Okay, that's different.
0: That one I get because that one I can. I've understand. heard the argument that some some arenas it's tough to find that information, and sometimes they. Uh, depending on what screen the in-house arena is using it'll actually take off that information at times so don't don't they just rely on the
1: goaltender anyway slapping the stick (laughs)
0: yeah i suppose sorry i suppose that's one way to do it um but (laughs) it would be nice to for the players i i could see that being useful on the power play um trying to score at the end of games. Like, I have no problem with them adding that. That that seems fine. Um, I don't think it's going to drastically change the quality uh, of the sport we watch. But, again, some of the ideas don't have to be groundbreaking. So that one, okay, we'll do that one. Um, some of the other ones that were a little bit more interesting. Penalties in overtime. They feel as though four on three is is way more of an advantage than five on four. I I do agree with that. They were talking about limiting a overtime penalty to one minute. Nope. 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 Do the chrome. Do the time. Sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with um.
1: Because they want they want it to end in overtime. They don't want to go to a shootout for starters. And two, if you know that you get a, a penalty, basically destroys your chances of, of winning. Just don't make the infraction, therefore meaning the players out there in 3-on-3 three three get even more space and time, or don't get hooked when trying to make a play. So just yeah, just take it. Just do the two minutes and have the players win the game rather than, than go to the, the shootout.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. That if you want the game to not go to shootouts, which I think is why they did 3-on-3, three three, or at least partly why, um, that would be a step against that. I would think.
1: Yeah. I I don't. I just don't see the point of it.
0: Um, The other thing I saw was a one-minute penalty for delay a game over the glass.
1: It's either... You either got the penalty or you don't. None of this... You you can't go half and half. They complain about not wanting to change the the point system to a 3-2-1, but in-game that actually decides games, they want to start changing the length of the penalties come on really like how hypocritical do you need to be
0: so that was the other one this one was um kind of interesting goalies cannot freeze the puck from outside the blue line like
1: that's a market black McCurdy.
0: yeah um i think that would be good there's no need for goalies to be freezing the puck all the time i think it would be really interesting if goalies couldn't freeze the puck unless they were in their crease
1: I like that. Meaning they could have the puck skate it back to their crease and try and freeze it, but they're fair game if they're trying to do that. As far well, as
0: define fair game. Are they going to get blown up? <laughs> yep. They're, they're Lucic. They are Lucic vulnerable. Oh, man. The goalie union is not thrilled with you right now.
1: Nope. I don't know, Nor should they be. You know, that's asking for chaos and that means that goalies would be less inclined to want to freeze it. they would be more inclined to, to get it play it off their stick you know move the puck quickly and, and get to their crease so they don't get cleaned up.
0: Um, we've all played hockey video games how many people actually freeze the puck when they play video games?
1: I give up so many goals, just wanting the puck to move.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, more goals, that wouldn't be too bad. Um, I'm fine with the, if it's dumped in from outside the zone, uh, you you can't freeze it. That's fine by me. I think more game action, less whistles would help the sport, for sure.
1: They are are legitimately trying to shrink the length of the games. I, I understand that in regards to just an entertainment product. Particularly for, for families and, and, you know, kids that are, that are under 10, I get why you want to shrink the game. If they're starting at, if they're starting at 7 and ending at 10 o'clock at times, because the, some games have an atrocious amount of whistles, what time are you getting your kid home? Like, you're pushing after 11 for most people, I'm assuming, depending on where the rink is comparative to where you live. So anything to shorten the games and, and you get more consecutive minutes
0: played, um, the better. So I think that one's fine. Um, I didn't really see any other things on their agenda. So uh,
1: next next year's the the last year of this CBA, right? Mhm. Yeah. So I don't think they'll really worry about it until they know the CBA's signed. To be honest. So why would you rack your brain out when there's a chance it might not even be happening?
0: So I was thinking, in the spirit of the GM meetings. We would have our meeting and talk about some things. If we were uh, proposing some things, what what would they be?
1: I I'd say this every time we have this conversation,
0: just enforce the rules. <laughs> Guess what's in capital letters on my little note sheet here? <laughs> <laughs> Rule book.
1: <laughs> and and it's it's really funny. Like uh, Voracek yesterday did a reverse hit on boy chuck right mm-hmm. and got a five minute in game penalty and got a hearing and it, it it's one of those things where philadelphia fans quite clearly like a particular style of play but you can't sit there and go that shouldn't be uh suspendable he, he got him flat in the head had no intention of getting the puck and that's the thing with those reverse hits and it's interference by you, definition yeah Correct, that's right. You're playing the player deliberately before you even think about playing the puck, and the player obviously hasn't touched the puck yet, so you shouldn't really be allowed to do it. Now, this is a Peter Forsberg classic, but that was back in, a, in another era. Um, but if you whack a guy on the head, that's penalty. I have seen a few games lately where they're calling a direct hit to the head, so that's the actual call on the ice, which is good, but it's, it's that time of year now where you see players getting hooked and held and... Um, they're just not calling them. They'll call the volume call on a hold if a player is continuously holding somebody on a shift or in a couple of consecutive shifts they're out on the ice, but they don't call the first one. And that, I think, is the fundamental problem with this sport all the way across the board. Now, that's not really a GM decision, but they should go to the, you know, the, head, the head official and say, dude, just call the penalties.
0: Yeah, and I was watching the Sabers Avalanche. Well, I watched a Wait, part of really? it. That was not a very good game. Yeah, I bailed on that. That um, was brutal. But I did see Jack Eichel hit um, Soderberg well, in the bad. head. That was and and the penalty on the ice was a hit to the head. But how is that not a major a, penalty? If you've noticed that that, that was sh- a head shot, be five.
1: Yeah, it should be five.
0: It should not been necessarily five. five in a game. Um,
1: it should be five. Well, he's got to hear it. Yeah. So that, that, that's the other thing. If you are going to call it a hit to the head, that's five. And, and that should, that's a bit of deterrent than having um, somebody to punch him in the head later on.
0: Yeah. And, and Eichel, I guarantee made that hit because Zadarov hit him after the whistle to close out the first period. Like decked him. <laughs> Horn yeah. goes, whistle goes, boom. It was a complete melee at the end of the period. So again you're you're doing the whole circle of violence thing where you you're always getting somebody back and it just goes on just, and on and on and on and then I think Boychuk said I forget the comment. I'm going to get you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, that was a direct quote. <laughs> when really if the 5-minute majors get thrown out there uh, a bunch there's no, I'm going to get you, it's, I got you. We scored, like, twice on that power play, so fuck you.
1: Yeah, and... And we could and see and the it, whole it...
0: five minutes on the corner boards. <laughs> <laughs> nice callback. Yeah. <laughs> so, I... that That was the first thing I wrote down. It's in capital letters. It's what we always say. The 5 06 season was great. Nobody was complaining. Everybody was thrilled with the product. Wow! Well, hang
1: on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I don't think really any of the fans were complaining. It was all the old well, school that's, nutbags that's who matters. on the
0: coverage. Those are the people that watch the game, want to invest in the game. So when they were at their happiest, that was one of the major <laughs> components of fan satisfaction was the, the speed of play, the quality of play, and that. And... You don't need the power plays, per se. There just needs to be the legitimate threat of the penalty being called because, like you said, for the overtime point you made, well, just stop taking penalties, stupid. And then, in return, you get a more wide-open product with more scoring chances.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you go back to, like, the 80s and the 90s when league scoring was, you know, out of this world. One of the things that I noticed was the amount of space five-on-five teams had in their regular season. And you can understand why guys like Lemieux and Gretzky and all that just tore it up. One, they were, you know, either mental freaks or physical freaks beyond their generation they were currently playing in. But the amount of space on the ice was just amazing. And they only had one referee... And they didn't really call a lot, but because of the physicality of the players, one, almost all the players were, were physically smaller, not as fit. They still used to skate, you know, 60 to 65 second shifts. They couldn't, couldn't control the space like they do now. Because the athletes are so refined and the coaching is so much better, if they want to open stuff up, you need to make sure that players are given the space. So as soon as a stick gets up near their hands, you've got to call it. There there are certain penalties that are just called no matter what, like you've got your over the glass, um, almost every time somebody flicks their head back for a high stick, it gets called even if it's not, which is a little annoying. Um, But they're like the only two I can think of that you know what's gonna happen straight away. Everything else, and I know that referees are human, But there just doesn't feel like there's any... We're definitely going to make sure that these things aren't allowed so that it creates space for the creative players to be awesome.
0: Yeah. I know it's not very popular among the hockey community, but if the NHL went to the women's rules, I think the caliber of product would skyrocket. Oh, that's blasphemy. You can't use that rule. I'm just saying... Who doesn't love the USA-Canada women's games? Does anybody really think it lacks intensity? Of course not. Exactly. And it's highly physical. It's just not in the the over-the-top way that, you know, men's hockey can be. And it kind of dumbs down the sport. I love a really
1: good open ice check. And I think it's more the risk-reward of it these days. When you see a defenseman take the gamble really because if he misses it it's a two on one going the other way or it's a a breakaway. And if they get it clean it's it's great because it is puck separation if you time it right and then it's also it's also you know, protecting your blue line by doing it. But there's a reason that they're happening less and less and it's not because the players are soft or anything, it's the risk is so high if you miss it.
0: Yeah, and puck supports better, so yeah, you can draw a guy in and, and distribute it right before that moment. Uh, I did see a great, oh God, I can't even remember what game it was. There was a great open ice hit. It was awesome, shoulder, chest, wasn't over the top. It was just a really, really great hit, and you know those are the ones we're totally fine with. I. I understand by what I say with the women's rules, that would be taken out. But um, I think those open ice hits that we think are still good are so few and far between these days that I don't think you'd be missing it too much um, if you were able to clean up all the the injury-riddled nonsense that comes with the NHL standard of hitting and forechecking that happens. So... Uh, what
1: have you got next on your list that's not in capital letters
0: that was the only one with capital letters Um, (laughs) alright power play you earn a power play it's the end of the period Um, it's 20 seconds until the period ends and then you gotta go back to center ice so you really don't get a good power play I I think the next period uh, the team on the power play starts in the offensive zone.
1: Well, you get control and away you go. Fresh ice. It's yeah. I've got no problem with that. I think that's a that's a simple one to do. Yeah, that doesn't take much. Um, but it is it is a fundamental change in how the game's played, though. Like that's that's the thing. It's, I, I think it, it's the right idea. I I'm a tick for it. But it would be a little hypocritical of me if I got there and complained about the. The one minute, two minute penalty thing for the calls, but
0: you want to try and increase scoring. I don't know why the center ice face off is so sacred. <laughs> like, I don't know why. Well, if, if it's even strength, generally... of course it starts in the middle. But like, yeah, the the power play team gets screwed over based on when that infraction happens because you've got to win the face off. Chances are you're going to go back to your own end to give yourself more uh, time and space. To manipulate getting through the neutral zone, you're not going to push it. Say you win the draw clean, you go D to D. You're not going to push it up like that. It's just going to lead to a dump and chase situation. So you're, you're you're shaving 25 seconds off of that power play right away.
1: You down to even, even seconds when left you on your power
0: play. execute it successfully. What if you win the face off? Come up in your breakout, like, or if you don't win the face off, like. I just think that. You know, it's not something that happens all the time, but I do think that it should happen to start the period. That would promote um, more scoring, which I, I I think is the point here, at least with a lot of um, what I'm trying to do.
1: It's it's the nature of the sport, though. It's a conservative sport. It's a do not let them score on us, and then we'll think about scoring second. It's it's all like the NBA where it is literally. We'll just outscore you. And the rules have been changed in that sport to make that more and more uh, a focus. Um, I just don't think until we get the younger generation of GMs as a predominant... not because the GMs are always going to get to do this, right? So until it's, for want of a better term, you know, 16, 15 for the young bucks coming through and wanting to have a different style of game i don't think really any of this is going to change can you see old man rutherford really wanting the game to speed up and do stuff even with the roster he has
0: um he's had a few times when he's gone to those and i I think even he was on the right side of the fighting stuff before but um i don't think he falls totally into the um stereotypical like dinosaur as far as hey, rule he stuff. was he was
1: he was the biggest beneficiary of the rule changes first time around like carolina won it
0: yeah um if half of buffalo's defense didn't drop dead i, I don't know if that would happen but yeah yeah he, he exactly. certainly um that was the team that won it all coming out of the lockout so I think he'll always have a soft spot for opening the game up. At least he should. Uh, yeah, exactly. He, especially in. he's running right now. But, um do what else is on here. Three-point regulation win. I mean, you, you, you've mentioned that already. That's the obvious one. I, it, it's just so stupid. How can you have different games worth different amount of points? How is How can you hit, run a league like that?
1: Oh. As as you say in your tweets a lot of the times, because NHL
0: <laughs> Like the game's gotta have the same value. Like that's that's a core standard and they just Yeah, not so much for But they them. don't wanna
1: they don't wanna blow up their record books. All the people that complain about it in the media—that is literally the only complaint I hear regularly about this, and the only one that I can. Record books. Who gives uh, a fuck
0: about team points in the standings? All the people with white hair. All the people that because are it fucking. Just, still got it's all the ex-coaches for the '70s Canadians. Yep,
1: yep. That's what it comes down to, though. But it comes down to their their records. It's like, well, we'll never be remembered in the history books. How about so you I just go always... by
0: points percentage then, you fucking dumbasses? Yeah. It's not,
1: yeah. Well, how many that's of the more points maths. did you earn? That's more maths, right? It's not really. It's not going to
0: happen. It's really so, <laughs> and, and somebody um, would create yes. a fancy little thing. SAP would, well, they wouldn't. They, they wouldn't would get it up. right.
1: Um, yes, I, I agree. We have discussed it before. 3 2 1, as you said, every game is the same amount of points. it it simplifies the the record as well so
0: um on icings letting the team pick what side of the ice they want to face off on yeah that sounds good to me means you can get on your strong side well not only that like think about the capitals would want the yeah right, you're always going to have right it on dot, the right hand side. So yeah, OB absolutely every single time. And it's one of those things. No, it's really harmless to institute, and it gives the offensive team some choices, which is fine. So that one's pretty simplistic. I, I think that would be easy. Uh, another one I have: three on three for ten minutes.
1: Yeah, I I wonder whether my opinion on the
0: shootouts changed
1: because Pittsburgh aren't quite as good at them as they used to be. But yes, the less shootouts you have, the better. And three on three at 10. I think Tortorella said this. Play it until they win it.
0: I I think that's a little bit much just because, (laughs) you know, the league is not going to go all in on something like that. But... I'm not too concerned about the over... You're talking three-on-three. Three. So if you're really worried about um, players getting worn down, like use your bench.
1: Yeah, and then theoretically the players that aren't quite as good will make an error. And, and how often be, is it uh, going to go ten minutes? Yeah. And you, you do find, at least the overtimes that I've watched... It starts to get really raggedy around about three and a half in. And then teams get saved by that five minutes. I think you're right. Extend it to the 10, and you're probably going to get the result that you want, which is a result. And
0: the players are working really hard, but I don't think it's an overly physical, grinding uh, kind of hockey. Uh, It's anaerobic. It it is literally get to top speed and go. But you know what I mean? You're not grinding... It's open yep. ice, so I don't think it's too uh-huh. taxing to do that, and I think I think it would be great. I love the three-on-three, three. so um, not ending it at five minutes, I <laughs> can't really go as far as uh, Tortorella, but I'm more on his side of this than, than I'm not.
1: God, I never thought I'd hear either of us say something like <laughs> right. that. Yes, I'm <laughs> definitely leaning uh, more on the side of more three-on-three three time to wrap
0: a game up than anything else. Um, I guess one of the biggest ones don't need... Uh, it has to do with offsides. Uh, eliminating the need for the players' skate to actually be touching the ice. Just that That it's, only... <sighs> you know, in the plane. Yeah. Kind of like how the NFL does their end zone. The goal line.
1: I just... I just feel like with that one, not every... You're not going to find the camera angle in the right spot every single time when they try to review that. Whereas when it's on the ice, it's a little more definitive. It's the only problem I would have with it if the, if it's off the ice. See, I
0: think they getting, struggle with finding as a skate uh, off a millimeter. Yeah, and and, and that to me, yeah, that's in fair. the spirit of the offsides rule. None of it really matters. Nobody was cheating that bad. You're, we're talking millimeters.
1: Yeah, well yeah, when you're not you're not two foot in the zone, which I get.
0: Like everybody, like the Danny Briere goal against Pittsburgh in 2012, yeah, that sucked for the Penguins. Not for nothing, they had like a fucking four goal lead that game. It shouldn't have mattered. But, you know, the refs do not miss that call. They might miss no, it. No, you're right. Yeah. A smidge off, but the competitive advantage of of missing that small little bit offsides i it's so not worth the reviews it's taking goals off the board i don't like any of it um i'm not get rid of offsides guy yet
1: no 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 i like the yeah i like the blue line
0: um but let's be a little bit more liberal with it and i thought the when the sabers against the penguins with rasmus doline I was totally fine with that um, being on sides because I, I believed he did have control. It, the puck might not have always been on his stick, but we know watching this sport, these guys are, just because it's not technically touching their stick doesn't mean they don't have control of it. They're, they're putting it to a spot in control. And I think if... Hey, if
1: the definition's control not on the stick, they're good. Yeah
0: so i i I liked seeing that play let go um it's again one less whistle one less stoppage and
1: because what's the what's the turnaround time on a line change really it's about 20
0: to 30 seconds right um like a shift yeah just 40-ish usually probably around there yeah so trying to shrink because you can't
1: shrink the intermissions that's the one thing with this sport—you can't make them shorter. So you have to find ways to speed the game up, in the first second to the last second of each period, and and that's one way to do it is to remove offsides, by changing the definition of what is off what is onside.
0: I mean, I, I like I like it. The the spirit of the rule is to not have cherry pickers, and it and yeah. it will, will still accomplish that. And I think by just looking, hey, is one of their body parts tagged up on the blue line? Whether it's in the air or not, um, you can easily have a camera straight on the blue line. That would be very easy. It's 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 it would be, in my opinion, easier than the NFL when they have to decide did the ball touch the the goal line because there aren't like twenty two big ass dudes yeah. blocking every. <laughs> uh yeah. the, the good camera angle I, I don't think you'd have that clustering problem similar to the nfl and i think most times than not you would get it right and you know i, I hate
1: plus that. it'll it allows entries to be created with speed.
0: yeah which would lead to because you're not
1: you're not worried spade. about dragging your toe. um
0: so i think that that's an easy change that doesn't take much uh, a lot of these is it's not overly difficult to do, <clears throat> even if the gains aren't a ton. Gains in general, I would consider better than not. So, should probably try some of these. Did you have another?
1: No, no, no. no you've pretty much covered off the areas that, and that you you are right. They're just tweaks. Like there's nothing. Well, not the not the rule book there.
0: one. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's that's but, that's a major one but
1: those sort of infraction ones that you know you brought up are good ones because they allow flow of the game and you know through the the um the articles and the tweets and stuff that's the one thing mm-hmm. the general managers keep talking about is trying to speed the game up and you made the good point the fewer whistles the
0: the, the quicker the games so there there are t- there's a couple things I don't want that the GMs I didn't think brought up at the meeting um, that I've, you know. No, don't mention them. They'll listen
1: to this podcast and they'll implement it. Yeah, they're, they're all them.
0: listening to this podcast for sure. <laughs> uh, full two-minute power plays. Score as many as you want in the two minutes. Um, I'm not a fan of that. And no icing on the PK. That one I'm a little bit more open to than the the full two-minute one, but the reason I don't like either of them right now is I don't think the refs will call the game. They will feel as though by giving the power play, it's too influential. Therefore, they won't make the calls.
1: So you, you get there and go, if you call it by the book, you then end up with more power plays and you don't need the full two minutes. Um, and then if that still doesn't improve scoring and the refs have got into the habit of calling everything, you could then look at the full two minutes because they're calling
0: him habitually. I just don't think the you are refs right. would, would call as many penalties because yep. they inside Absolutely their own agree. heads would be like, yep. I'm influencing. You're always influencing the game. You're the damn ref. <laughs> it's it's everything, you your job. every call or not call you make influences the game. Uh, it's not up to you to decide what is too important or not important. You you just call it when you see it. That's it. There's no... Um, gosh. What was the phrase? Some of the refs, like... Uh, thoughts escape me, but... How they ref the, the game a certain way based on how things are, and you they feel like they have a... narrative of the game no
1: that's even worse that's even worse that's having more of an influence on the game than just calling it what i know like if you see it and yeah sorry
0: (laughs) it's so stupid but you know that shit's gonna happen if you make the power plays um, yeah power that powerful yeah now you're right i I, the concept
1: is fine but you're just not going to get as many of them because the refs will feel like they're affecting now, the game.
0: And now you're going to get a clustered 5v5 game again that's not as good or fun to watch because players are like, ah, well, if they're not going to call it, let's bog it down. So... Let's
1: go water skiing.
0: On its own, they sound okay, but I just don't trust the people involved um, to make that work in a good way. So
1: Yeah, the implementation, you're absolutely right. The concept is fine. I, for me, I like the concept, but yeah, I, I can't see the... Uh, on-ice officials calling the game just as it currently is. If they called the game as it currently is and they introduced the full two-minute thing, that might work,
0: but, yeah. I don't think, you know, it's broken the way it is. It's just the opportunity part that's broken.
1: Yeah, which lobs us all the way back to our capitalized statement early. (laughs) That's the thing. It it called, called the... Call the penalties when when they occur. Don't have a narrative feeling of, well, th- there are so many times where a team will dominate another team in the zone, and you'll see a call made because the refs feel like the team that's dominated deserves it, and it's not there. And then somebody will get a breakaway, get this tiny little, will get a really big egregious hook on their elbow, and the refs like, no, nah, not going to call that one. And it's just like it's just completely baffling.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I think I think the list we have here is okay. Because we created it. Yeah, of course it. we do.
1: It's, it's our list, exactly.
0: <laughs> but I do think they're simplistic. I think it would help. Uh, none of them are going to happen, so.
1: I think they're at least reasonable, though, because they're not massive changes. Like, we're not asking for... We're not changing the complete construction of the playoff system.
0: Well, I didn't even bother doing that, but no, we've we've covered that. Top teams pick opponent. Yep, done. Yeah, one to sixteen. So, moving on, Pittsburgh. Um, they beat Columbus in the first of the home and home, which was huge because then you're not chasing. Because you don't want to go 0-2 in the home-and-home. And, home. and while Columbus did not end up going 0-2, they couldn't have been thrilled where they were after losing that first game. Nah. By winning the first nah. one, you're kind of like, all right, worst-case scenario, we avoided it. So um, even even losing 4-1, to Pittsburgh's playoff chances are still pretty good. Columbus's stay pretty optimistic as well because uh, Carolina got dummied up by... Uh, Winnipeg and Montreal's lost three of their last four. So the all in blue jackets still, still with a heartbeat.
1: It's, I, I don't think either Columbus or Pittsburgh will get to the top spot of the division. Oh no. But both of them, both of them are still close enough. Like that's, that's the thing. Like their records are kind of middling and Washington are, are proving that the. Just gonna push like they're eight and two in their last ten, but the Islanders are middling. So I think any anyone can really. I don't think any of the teams that are currently in the top three spots in the Metro will miss. But the two Metro teams in the wild card could certainly get themselves out of the wild card spot and even end up with a with home ice advantage. I think in the first in the first round they could get to number two. Like they're not that far away from the Islanders.
0: And the Islanders' PDO is coming back down a little bit, at least the shooting portion of it.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's got to give the NHL some form of credit in the sense that they have rigged the point system to make this kind of thing possible. Because when you go on a streak, you can't get any space because some games are worth two points, some games are worth three. And, so... and a
0: lot of them I'd love to see a study how many three-point games there are towards the end
1: yeah well our teams just try to lock it up in the last five minutes i would assume unless they're the trailing team in the
0: standings so but even if they were to score and tie it that last two minutes of the game would be kind of a gentleman's agreement of oh let's just take the uh, point get a
1: point each yeah yeah the thing that's the thing that's tough here for for montreal is that they've played an extra game on then pittsburgh and columbus so both their next games, they can get themselves a little bit more space on Montreal. Pittsburgh do have to play Boston today, though.
0: <laughs> yes, they will be playing in an hour and a half. and <laughs> That could be tough. It is going to be tough. And <laughs> that is kind of the reason that they have the toughest schedule of any NHL team to, to close the year yeah. out. Um, maybe not from like this second forward. But from when Travis Yost released that article a few weeks ago, they had projected to be the toughest strength of schedule left.
1: Yeah, I, and the point you made is even more relevant in the sense that had they not won that first game against Columbus for this, you know, three games in four night kind of stretch, they could quite literally have been out of the plate. Like they could have been. Like second wild card spot may be out depending on Montreal. Well, you might as, you um, are
0: out if you're the second wildcard spot. You might as well not well, even fucking good... show up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean no, obviously you would
1: hey, come on, Seattle Denver, don't go reminding me of one V eight, alright? Yeah.
0: But you know, Tampa is not what you want. Oh god no.
1: No no no. You do the second if you're the second wild card spot and the Islanders do win it. Because it's so unexpected that they've got to where they are, you'd have to feel reasonably good.
0: Oh, the first wildcard spot? I would take that all Yeah. Time. Yeah. For sure. And I think, you know, that's the goal for most of them. Um, Carolina <laughs> would the be like, of... yeah, definitely. Let's do this. Yeah. And Columbus is probably I mean... like, fuck, Pittsburgh again. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's so up in the air. But um
0: you know, Pittsburgh without Letang, they've the record has been great. Like Letang missing I don't know, six, seven games now, is it up to that? I think so. And they it's, got the, five it's the Latang day. It's the Latang day today. <laughs> That's on my notes. Day to day in quotes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's as soon as Latang's labeled day to day, it's just get out your. It's week to week.
1: And you do hear that it's his neck. You, you do sit there and and think, "Oh shit!" Like, has he cracked it
0: again? <laughs> I think. I think he's avoided a a real bad case scenario. But, uh, again, it was self-inflicted, which is the frustrating part, because he's he's had a marvelous year. As you said, he spazzed out. I love that when you said that. That's what he does, though. He's an emotional uh, Gino as well. Uh, But Gino has a taller, bigger frame. Um, Yeah, it it sucks that he lost his uh, Norse... Potential, with that injury, because he he could have been up there as a finalist. Yeah, he um, they need
1: him back for that just to balance that whole lineup out. Because everybody's playing upper spot, and players like Dumoulin are really struggling. Well, because of who because of who they're partnered with.
0: Yeah, so the the Penguins couldn't be troubled to play a bottom pairing right-handed guy like ruido all year and now they're stuffing trotman up there on the top pairing yeah that's just that's that's hard so like
1: doing good but he, he can't carry a player like that he can make justin schultz be justin schultz good and have himself be okay but he can't carry anybody else below that kind of level
0: it's just, it's just. He's, he's not a complementary. He's a very good complementary yeah. player. Absolutely, absolutely. He. Is. So what I have here Dang. is since Latang's been out, his possession is forty six percent. Without Latang, now, that is with Trotman. That's not very fair. But then I looked at it for the whole year of 2018-19, and without Latang, it's forty six point one percent, right there. And when you but
1: look, that was that he's not being partnered with Schultz though. Like, that's the other thing.
0: Yeah, but point being, anytime he's away from Letang, it hurts him immensely. And when you look yeah. at Letang without Dumoulin, uh, it doesn't really move the needle all that much for Letang. Letang is the one driving the bus, as they say. Um, yeah. And I'm not trying to criticize overly criticize Dumoulin, but like... You know, if you remember the, the Ron Hainsey-Dumalin pairing that they put out, they were getting creamed every night. And Dumalin's getting creamed right now.
1: It is highlighting the lack of depth in the defensive six. Really, that's all we're trying to do. And right?
0: they have legit injuries yeah. now. Latang, obviously. Mata would be helpful to have there. Um, and even Ruedel would be better than Trotman. So, And then you look at... Um, you know jack johnson's gonna get his minutes and they haven't been very good um i will say mr erica branson is uh, rocking a 57.1 coursey four percentage since the trade
1: you know what i you know what i will say in the couple of games i've actually got to watch live over the last week or so he can actually hit an exit pass
0: well you'd hope he... so for third overall
1: <laughs> Right. No 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 no. But you know the, know, the argument I you know. made with with McCann no, but the argument you made with McCann, which was he tries to make a skilled play, and yes he's gonna make errors doing it, it's one of the reasons why he hasn't quite panned out for his draft position. Good Branson can make an exit pass tape to tape that everybody said that's what Jack Johnson can do. Who who cannot do that?
0: No, Jack Johnson so, sucks.
1: So if they can if they can keep that coming out of Good Branson and he can actually Clear the crease so Murray can see the shots before the shot's taken, not after the whistle's blown. Then he might be okay. And I'm—it's a low bar I'm setting here. Don't get me wrong, but I've noticed he can definitely hit an outlet pass to a guy in stride where they don't have to slow down, which is not something I was expecting at all.
0: No, um, so that's the positive—the clearing the people <laughs> out in front. Um. Agreed, if you're able to do it, he's already tipped one puck into his own net while trying to do that. In but the he's, doing all the,
1: he's doing all the all the gritty rough stuff that he does is all about... It's after the whistle. Like, guys beat him to the spot and get tips and get in the way, and he can't move them. The whistle blows, and that's when he gives you all the whole, I'm really tough, I'm really strong. It's like, dude, do it while the, before the whistle blows. Like,
0: ah. And then you see Jake Ensel get buried from behind... Isn't that? so was there to, no call on well, that? You know, we had we talked about that. We just discussed it, Cameron. Of course, we did. Yes, but like, yeah, the, where's the, the deterrent thing again? Yeah. If the <laughs> it came out of Jim Rutherford's mouth to protect our players, well, here we are. Oh, Jake Gensel, of all players, like the record without Latang looks good because Sidney Crosby has got a rocket up his ass, and Jake Gensel's along for the ride. Um... They, those two were propelling all pretty much all the success. And well, to have one of them buried it... from behind, you know, that's, hey, protect yeah. the players, sure, sure. That's certainly how it works.
1: The thing that is impressive about that Rocket Up to ass is that Jerry hasn't really had that jump to get on board and help. He's been better, but he's not been put the team on my back and drag it along like he's been able to when he was younger. Obvious reasons why that's harder for him, just like it's harder for Sid, which makes Sid's effort to do this all the more amazing as far as I'm concerned. But um, they, they need some help with their depth. Bukestad seems to be going okay. Kessel finally scored, which was hilarious with the standing ovation that he got. Um, it's not like they're playing bad in spots. They're just not getting production at times from areas where they've been used to getting it, except for those two players you just mentioned. And and that's hard. It's hard to win. Like they got dominated against Columbus in that four-one game. As far as I'm concerned, and if Matt Murray has has not been uh, amazing through that you know six-game Letangler stretch,
0: the record wouldn't be what it was. Much like when they won the cup in 2017, if he wasn't the way he was, it would look a fuck ton worse. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And that's what's so frustrating about this sport. You can you can be the best team in the league, and the other team can have a goaltender that
0: just gets stupidly hot, and you're screwed. And, and It ruined the Capitals for years, the Halak thing. Yeah. They bailed on Bruce, and it took them a long time to, to, to not... to shake that defense-first mentality. Oh, we got beat by a hot goalie. We got to... That's how you win. You got to be defensive, and it was like, eh, it was kind of a fluke. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, it, it sucked for you because in... that was yeah. their best Capitals team that got fucked over by a hot goalie. But yeah, you know, that's that's the nature of the sport. It is well, Vancouver and Boston. You know,
1: Tim Thomas doesn't Tim Thomas. It's Vancouver's Stanley Cup. I don't care what anybody else from Boston tries to tell me.
0: That's oh, and that was an all-time playoff run. Yeah, that's that's legendary. It, it's like
1: um, you get two months of, of career best goaltending and, and you can pretty well run the gauntlet.
0: But Murray, since returning from his injury, has looked more like the Stanley Cup Murray. I think um, not 5v5, but his overall save percentage since coming back is in the 930 range. Uh, it was 931 before the the four goals yesterday, so I haven't updated that number but 930 that's really good all situations it
1: is, it it's is good 5v5
0: let alone you know yeah
1: but this year the average save percentage is, is lower than previous as well but that's the other thing about this current streak. streak for murray is that his numbers pre-injury were terrible and it was it's been amazing to watch them all come down <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, his goals against has come down, his save percentage is going up, and you're going, okay, this is looking more like you would want from your goalie, particularly how much they're paying him. Like, they're not wasting money in net with what he's providing. If his numbers just stay what they are for the rest of the year, and he doesn't go 930 the rest of the way, the numbers he's going to have at the end of the season, for what they're paying, you go, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I mean, they've thrown money away at other parts of the roster but You can't ask for more than what, what he's
0: provided. No, and, and it's been a huge, huge for the Penguins to lean on that and, and, and know that not every mistake they make is going in the net. Because yeah. that needs to, they still need to be the team that tries to push things and maybe trade chances. So if you're afraid to trade because the goalie's letting everything in and, and then they try to become a defensive team, I, I, don't, I don't like the way that's going to look. And, you know, the good Branson thing it's really <clears throat> been a surprise to see him uh, do better in this small sample than you would have expected but I don't think this is <laughs> we are so far away from oh my god he's a new player like we're talking about five games
1: how how many how many games do we have to get into him being a 55 percentage Corsi player before you start hearing the Gonchar stories like how many more games do we have to go here before today
0: (laughs) you reckon do you reckon after the Boston game the way it works is people gotta have their their narrative and you know good good Branson is a great one of those hey fuck you for thinking that he was bad because he only had 500 games of you know being bad of bad Um,
1: yeah (laughs)
0: And how dare you criticize the GM that um, I'm being taken advantage of publicly, but I don't know it. Yeah. Um, I don't want to admit it. Yeah, no. It's okay to say that, wow, this has been, um, this opening stretch has been better than I thought. It, but it's also different than thinking this is what you're going to get the entire time because I'm telling you, the, the, the foot speed's not there. At all, no. He's a very is, bad skater, and but
1: that's that's the thing with that first pass. If he's able to get that first pass and not screw it, then so it, much they of they this league, though,
0: is you're you're, you're using you see, your legs, yeah, to, to get you that time and space to make that. So it's going to be um, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I don't know how there's I don't see anything in his skill set that's super unique to Pittsburgh um, that he would thrive versus not in the other areas. Now, Pittsburgh is a better team than uh, certainly the Canucks and the Panthers over the course of time, but he's he's pretty slow.
1: I, I would think that if his outlet passes outweigh his other shortcomings – that would have panned out in the 500 games we had prior. Do you know what I mean? And there's no offensive
0: in, pulse to speak of with him. Yeah,
1: that's right. So strange
0: for a number three overall pick.
1: So it's it's one of those things where I've been impressed with what I've seen with my eyes, and, and the numbers are but, suggesting that it's a nice little you know sugar hit for him at the moment. Um, I pray as a Penguins fan that that continues. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's just, I don't know.
1: Correct. (laughs) I don't know. I don't trust it. You just, you can't. It's 500 games v5. It's like, eesh. I'm happy to be proven wrong that Rutherford was an idiot for making the trade, but I I just can't see it,
0: even with this positive start. Um, So, popular whipping boy of the Hockey Hurts podcast, Mr. Patrick Hornquist, uh, who was having a good year. I liked where his 5v5 (laughs) offensive totals were, but then he got hurt a couple times. And whether or not it's injury-related, since he's come back in January, I have him with two 5-on-5 points in 21 games since returning.
1: Now, a lot of those games have been off the top two lines, and that's always been a point you've made with Hornquist, is you've got to have him up with those two guys because he doesn't generate his own output. And Bukestad, I don't think, can do that for him.
0: Now, they've had some good um, good nights possession, possession wise. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So it would be more of a classic... Not not a classic uh, third line defensive role because they're doing it through uh, possession, not defending. But two points and they weren't goals either; they were assists. I don't know if they were primary assists or not, but a secondary. Yeah. He's only got three power play points in those 21 games as well, so he's not even doing the whole power play specialist thing either. And at 5.3 million, you need better. You just do, yeah. And if you want to say injuries, that's fine. But just know part of the hesitation of signing that contract extension should have been injuries based on his style of play.
1: The other, the other thing for me is um, he. One thing that he's brilliant on the the power play is is, is puck recovery, is his ability to go and get the puck back and just flip it to a spot where. You know, usually it's Latang or Gino because they're up top can go and collect it and, and they keep the pressure on. I've I, the last few games he's he struggled to do that in regards to collect the puck again and that like you said it may be a little bit injury related but all of that just seems a little bit off for him at the moment which makes me go I know they're in a push and they're like borderline to miss right but if he's not healthy enough to do it put the other guy on the power play who. Can retrieve the puck just as well. He just does all of Hornquist stuff differently than him. Because that second power play unit's just not going to get the minutes, really. Going down the stretch. No, you're going to load up with your big guns. The team is going to get carried by those guys. They're either going to make it because of them or they're going to miss because of them. And that might be a little harsh, but that's the reality. This team is top heavy.
0: Yeah, with the injuries, especially right now. Um, yeah, the power play becomes even more important. Well, you don't have
1: Russ to be on that second unit for depth, and you've got Schultz on the top unit. So they're playing Trotman and Pedersen. Trotman is <laughs> the
0: second power play. It's so weird, like <laughs> they have and Trotman, like guys that barely crack there on the power play, but
1: Yeah, so so it it is, you know. Like you've said before, when Cis has been out, it's not next guy up. And when Latang's out, it's not next guy up. Having Schultz back in is great, but the way he's come back, he looks like he's going to run out of legs because he's not being able to put the work in. And I know that sounds weird for a guy that's missed 50 games, but I just don't think he's going to get up to pace in enough time to to be as effective as I would like him to be as a second-pairing defenseman when Latang comes back. Now, that might change because he... His minutes change, and who he plays against changes. But he, or because he's playing with fucking Jack Johnson, but that might not ever change.
0: It, yeah, he see, just I, looks think, a little I bit, think Schultz looks okay, but that fucking thing attached to his ankle. Yeah, that there, there, are
1: just there. There have been passing Well, there have been times where he's been beaten to the outside that I don't think a fully seasoned Justin Schultz would get beaten on. And I think it's just his, his timings off with that kind of stuff. And because he's playing with Jack Johnson, he doesn't have the luxury of having that happen. You know what I mean? Like, you, you just can't afford to, to get beaten to the outside. And Schultz is not the greatest skater going around, but he's not terrible either.
0: No. Um, he's so far down on my list of concerns.
1: Yeah, I get that. It's just that there's so much weighing on him at the moment because of Letang being it. And the refusal to sit Jack Johnson.
0: Oh, I don't... I don't... Yeah.
1: Um, that's not going to happen. I know.
0: I know. Would you sit him right now? If Rueda was healthy, yes. Well, but he's that. not. But I... Uh, Ricola's not anything. He's, he's just as bad or worse.
1: It's... I mean, it's tough. Like... I think I know what you and I would play if the entire defensive core was healthy, but the reality is that Branson and Johnson are going to play.
0: You know, I mean, I would at have this Ruedel point, and Johnson Marta would him. be the one I would sit out of the two.
1: Yeah, but I would, I would have, I, I would have Martyr and and um, Ruedel in the lineup, and you get Latang back, and that means, you know, what is it? It might be. Pedersen oh no Troutman would be out and so Pedersen would play
0: if they were fully no, I healthy I would have well, either Tang and Zumlin if, if you were going to keep that Mata with Schultz and then Pedersen with um... Ruedo well <laughs> that's who if, I would play if good Branson's going to do this 57% stuff I would uh, give him the benefit of the doubt for a little bit longer yeah, I think that would with, if they with make a short playoffs. Leash, yeah, because it's they not like really that's who but, I would. Um, certainly, Jack Johnson's not in that mix. But
1: but they've done nothing all year to suggest that that they'd even consider doing what we're suggesting. So it's it's a little bit hit uh, against the wall.
0: But yeah, it gets interesting with the full lineup and the inability to sit Johnson. I I think I think Mata Mata might be the guy
1: that goes. The thing that's that's amazing about that is that it's self inflicted. Like it's not like it's league mandated that Johnson plays. They're making that decision themselves.
0: It is. It must be. It's. It is
1: just league league mandated.
0: I think I think Mata would be the odd guy out. I don't think they would sit Pedersen.
1: He 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 takes a lot of gambles. That guy. At the blue line, he he really tries to, to jam guys up on the board with his hip, and miss, well, against Columbus in particular, missed a lot of them. Yes, and then his his defensive partner is scrambling to cover up for him. It's like if he was less aggressive physically and relied on his he's got a long stick and he's not bad with it, and just relied on that, I, I think he I, I think he'd be a little less risk adverse, which is funny coming from me who wants to see a team push. That's when you have the fucking puck. Don't give, don't give the other team, you know, free passes in the zone by by going for a big hit on the boards, and and missing it. I it's just it's something I've noticed lately, and it stuck out particularly to me in the last game against Columbus. So that's it was just something I noticed.
0: But Mata's no stranger to giving up breakaways or getting dusted. So
1: yeah, that's different. He it, it, it's not. It's not in those jam-up sort of situations. not just gets dusted because he's slower with his skates, right? And I go, yep, I get it. That's a physical thing. Like, if he's physically not capable of skating any faster. Are you, the are thing you with trying who is... uh,
0: tell me that Mr. Sergey Gonchar is not uh, helping him out with his <laughs> mental choices? God, we sound we sound so harsh on Gonchar. I, I love Sergey Gonchar. <laughs> I, I know, I know. We the, both do. The ridicule is aimed at the people who have put him at on a godlike pedestal. This is yeah. not aimed at you, Sergey. We think you're probably actually fine enough as a defensive coach. You kick fucking ass on the power play. Um, the
1: thing that the, it's it's the thing with Pedersen is it is. You're right. It's a it's a mental choice. It's a decision that he makes frequently of, I oh, shit, I'm going to get beat. i got to jam the guy on the boards. And because it's congested, if he misses, there's no one behind him to bail him out. And his other defenseman is, is over near the dot. Like, it's a long way to get across in this sport to stop a high-quality chance. And then you're exposed to a, a Veliket, freaking you know, Royal Road cross-ice pass. And how hard that freaking Murray? And he, was, he had some, you know, highlight real saves in the last game. Because of that kind of stuff and, and you, you sit there and just go stop making the same error it's the same thing
0: but Pedersen's for bottom pairing totally fine yeah but he's not playing bottom pairing minutes
1: at the moment well that's, that's the thing that's,
0: that's, that's, that's just uh, unfortunate situation. it's injury
1: absolutely it is it is unfortunate it is what it is and there's not much you can do about it
0: and he is with but, good Branson but like we said the numbers
1: yeah are hard to believe they're, <laughs> they're
0: actually positive
1: <laughs> hey I'll take it until it stops. It's it's the reality. It seems like every player that comes into Pittsburgh gets a sugar hit. I think most
0: players like, that get traded to a new situation, it's a, well, I'll show my other team kind of situation. Well, it's
1: funny you say that because that happened to... Um, who was it that got traded to Columbus? Duchesne. And then he sort of flattened out since. Like he had... Did he... I, so, I wonder, you know, some people have suggested that, you know, it's a bit harder to score when you're in a playoff run than it is when, you know, you're scraping for the first pick in the draft. So, we'll see whether he should Well, be Duchesne had
0: the advantage of being placed between Panarin and Atkinson. God, Panarin is fun to watch. Yeah. Um, <sighs> they put Dubois back and, and bumped Duchesne down with Zingle and... Bjork's
1: transition. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So, okay. you know, when you that lose Panarin and, yeah.
0: okay. and Atkinson. Yep.
1: And that's situational. And, I took no, a lot of shit on my
0: um, hypothetical expansion draft for leaving Boone Jenner exposed and keeping Atkinson. And I'd just like to say, how's that look now? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I had some real fucking shitty... I think I left Raquel <laughs> exposed. Whoops. You can't... You, that's
1: the thing, though. You can't You can't get them all. Like, you missed one. Whether it was but an I, intentional one or whether you literally just forgot they existed. But that the was the
0: one I was most sure of, like, people giving me crap about. Like, no, Atkinson's definitely better than Boone Jenner. It's not even close. Yeah. Boone had his 130-goal year. riding is shooting percentage I assume and you know doesn't have it anymore well
1: Columbus Columbus fans probably quite rightly think of him as Tom Wilson light
0: no he's not
1: no no I know he's not but that's probably what they think they've got
0: they've got fucking knockoff China version of him and Brandon Dubinsky (laughs) Ah, Dubinsky I watched
1: the Columbus coverage last night oh yesterday morning it's fine and it was no 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 no. it was just funny they started talking about Dubinsky and oh he's got to get physical and get up in Crosby's grill and and I'm like that doesn't work like this perception that Dubinsky puts him off and, and stops him from producing yeah Crosby might look angry and pissed but he still produces points like that's the thing that I I just I don't understand it's just oh my god
0: So, I have a tweet in front of me that pertains to the Penguins game in an hour. Mm -hmm. And it's from Mike Tirico, and it makes me very happy that he's going to be calling tonight's game. Because Mike Tirico is one of my favorite announcers. He's just one of those guys, it doesn't matter what sport it is, he's such a polished professional, it's going to be good. But the end part of the fucking tweet really makes me disappointed Mm. join me edzo and pierre oh Oh. come on mike (laughs) tell him you're not gonna fucking put up with that shit (sighs) god damn! that's a real debacle for me one of my favorites with just and how about the um the other night was um with forzlin the columbus game the thursday game and um aj yeah that was great um and <laughs> I'm not going to do Malenko. She didn't piss me off. And that's a step in the right direction.
1: No, if it, this isn't anything uh, against AJ, it's a low bar to get above. Yeah.
0: And, and she did it. it was just, and
1: she did it. That's great. It was just <laughs>
0: nice to not have Eddie or Pierre and Forsland who I think's better than doc, not a, Forslund's great. Most people are either really pro-doc or anti-doc. I'm kind of in that rare middle ground with it. Yeah, like, I respect somewhere. his passion yeah. and, um, and that stuff, but I, I don't – he's not one of my favorites. And Forslund's better, so to hear that. And then at intermission, Mike Johnson was on, who I really like. Gronick uh, yeah, was good. still there, but there was no Milbury or Keith Jones to – like, it was – almost like it was a palatable broadcast almost <laughs> well you know jr's you know his shtick is jr it is. but JR is it, JR. Was, um, it was um it's just nice and in mike Torico, buddy i don't know is this the first time i'm ever gonna
1: mute you i um i do stand by a tweet you threw out it might have been a week ago or something but you are right. We need Thorne back on. Oh man, I
0: fucking love Gary Thorne. And he actually <laughs> yeah. calls baseball for the Orioles are my favorite team.
1: Oh, so you're you're in uh, you're in there. No, I
0: don't I don't care about baseball much anymore. So I don't even you're, like But if you flick it on, you've got I it. I do flick it on just to hear hear the voice if I <laughs> if I'm like if it's a day week weekday day game, um, you know, teachers off in the summer and all. If I'm like cleaning the house or something, I'll throw it on. It'll be a nice familiar sound. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've
1: I had I had a, a terabyte drive full of old hockey games, and he featured on quite a lot of them because, like, they were old old Lemieux games and stuff like that um, through the Clutch and Grab era, and he's just great. Like you know, with the SPN to... Plus
0: back in the game yeah i i i would think there's a path back to hockey for him i would love it absolutely love it if that were the case
1: they're gonna push butchergrass onto that though wouldn't they okay. i mean he him and linda Cohn are the two that they're pushing as their their front pair like even steve levy
0: called a good game he should be in there butchergrass shouldn't be anywhere near a fucking broadcast booth God, that guy's a fucking cornball.
1: He's a little... Like, He's I respect like the,
0: is... his passion for hockey and trying to spread it and all that, but, man, it's just... It's so fucking corny. Is it the terms that does you in? Everything. Just yeah, whole... okay. Again, respect the passion for the sport, but... You know, when you're talking about announcers, it gets very subjective and...
1: Yeah, My
0: my subjective opinion is I'm not here to fucking pretend like I'm at a middle school lunch table with all the fucking terms. Yeah. Because
1: I refuse to listen to a Penguins. I listen to the other teams all the time. Unless it's like Boston. I can't do Boston.
0: Well, you Um, you
1: don't have to deal with it
0: tonight. It's a national game.
1: And thankfully it's it's not... Oh no, it is
0: Pierre. Oh, fuck that. Yeah, I I know. I've already... (laughs) pointed that out yeah it
1: just sunk in it literally just sunk in man, God, i wish damn that it. Puck hit him oh come on man that's harsh
0: listen i rooted for him to well, beat cancer i can hope for a puck to hit him
1: yeah all right i'll give you that
0: yeah i want the guy to die but getting hit by a puck wouldn't be bad compromise well it he gets in, he'd get concussion he's out
1: for the year he can't do any more games it could happen
0: God, that slow motion puck video! I was like, everybody's like, "Come on!" <laughs> yeah, it does. When
1: it was like a Scott this...
0: Norwood kick, it went wide right. <laughs> does this
1: does this TV deal end at, end at this CBA? I thought it was twenty
0: twenty two, but when, as I say ah. that, I have no factual basis of that. That is just me guessing. I just I not even I an educated years.
1: guess. Uh, it was a ten-year deal. I just can't remember when it was signed. That's all. It was or a just...
0: ten-year deal, and yeah, I, I too <laughs> do not recall when it was signed. Yeah, but it and, felt and so rushed. I, I get the again. timing of when they needed that deal sucked because they were yeah. desperate. But I think the next TV deal could be good. They should really model it after the NBA. It's exactly what I was about to say. Because TNT Sprinter. has their games, ESPN has games. Uh, ESPN holds the, the ma- like NBC holds the major rights for all the big, the finals. Yeah. And the, um, yeah. You know, that's fine. But letting ESPN in, maybe TNT, I'm not saying TNT, but something like that. Having... What's, what's,
1: what's important about spreading it though as well is it provides you with panel shows on those networks too. Because they're not just going to cover the games and not have a panel show. So it gives you a chance to get the game into more houses on the TV as well.
0: I don't know what I would root for for a U.S. TV contract. I love NBC and listen, I'm not going where you think I am. You don't have to throw things at the podcast device you're listening to. I love NBC's structure of channels. They have many options to put games on, especially for the playoffs on CNBC or USA or. or, You know what I mean? Yeah. But I do not like anything about how they cover. Yeah. In in other
1: words, if they bump it for their freaking horse race, you can still watch it on something else.
0: If you. Well, I can because, you know, the internet has its ways. But. The regular person still on the classic cable package. Um, Most of those NBC channels are available on a basic package. Oh, okay. At least CNBC, USA. Oddly enough, not NBCSN. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which is kind of one of the important (laughs) ones, but you know.
1: I actually didn't think we... would What are we? Four, f- is it five weeks out from the playoffs?
0: What are we first? Yeah, about that.
1: And we're talking TV contracts. Really not where I thought this podcast would go.
0: <laughs> well, you know, blame Mike Tirico. Because that's we. speaking fun. of which, what are we? We're an hour away from game time. So. um, All right. I don't have anything else
1: no i don't i i I don't i'm out um which is probably not a bad thing seeing as it's a monday and i've got the day off
0: oh lovely
1: apparently labor day
0: oh good that's always good
1: Mm. yes So, start my new job tomorrow terrifying
0: it's always that's always fun new environments new people yeah yeah, we'll see how we
1: go scheduling this thing next
0: week. Yeah. Well, Godspeed to you on that front. <laughs> um, yeah, so Facebook, iTunes, Patreon.com slash HockeyHurts. Oh, the usual suspects. Um, and uh, we'll see you oh, next time. Just so, time.
1: Oh. Just so everyone knows... People have been lobbing through questions to the Hockey Hertz Twitter handle. Haven't forgotten them. Just think they're postseason topics, so they will get covered.
0: Okay. <laughs> so don't yeah.
1: Not, don't yeah. Don't not throw them through, and they haven't been ignored. It's just that they're just questions that kind of trade deadline-ish ones, but not really relevant for that time of year. They're probably more once the whole thing's done and we get into the UFA Yeah, sometimes stuff,
0: the timing but, just, yeah. with the type of question, it makes more sense when, you know, the the year has ebbs and flows of what you talk about. We we just try to piece those properly uh, to make more sense. So, yeah, yeah so so don't, we do don't, appreciate if it, that. If it, yeah, if it pops into your head, send it through.
1: We'll go back, I'll go back through the feed and we'll grab them when we think they're appropriate and we'll, we'll bring them up,
0: absolutely. So... Alright, well, we shall see you next time. Bye!